0: 7 Lamb Productions presents
1: Atlas Avenue B Case 3 The Gold Hawk Part 13 Hang-A-Larry
0: The snow was heavy. The clouds in the sky blocked out the sun, giving the snowy city landscape a gloomy vibe. It was kind of eerie. And while it was cold, I couldn't help but feel heated. The idea that my boss was murdered in cold blood a few days ago sent me-
1: Here you go, Mr. E.
0: Honey bunches, you're supposed to say Mr. J. My name starts with a J, too. I'm not saying that. But Mr. E doesn't sound right.
1: I don't care. Now, do you want this coffee or not? Two cream? Add your own damn cream.
0: (sighs) Honey bunches, I'm trying to narrate over here and be all cool and detective-like.
1: You're not replacing Mr. J. It's only been two days, and if anything, I should be in charge. I knew Mr. J longer than you.
0: Yeah, but I have a cool hat.
1: You just bought that hat.
0: Yesterday, I needed it to start my investigation. I also started smoking. See? I grabbed a cigarette from the desk and lit it. (coughs) Joey, you don't smoke. That's Mr. E to you.
1: (coughs) And what are you investigating?
0: Mr. Locke's death. For what? There's no body.
1: No body like Mr. J? No, nobody at
0: all. That's because I got to perform an autopsy. Sure, that's what they want us to believe. You're dumb. Think about it, hotcakes. Ew. Mr. Locke was in deep. And him and his ex-wife died together, yet no one has identified the bodies.
1: How do you know?
0: I went to the hospital earlier. There's no records. And I talked to my friend who works down at the docks.
1: You have a friend that works at the docks?
0: He's a prostitute. He said that the people who stormed the house weren't part of the mantis mugs. They were smush, secret menacing underground society, ha. Ha? Yup. This thing is fishy. Too fishy.
1: Like catnip's wet food?
0: And that pond outside the museum.
1: Museum? Hmm. What is it, sweet tush? Stop. What are you
0: saying, hmm, for?
1: Mr. J was working on a case for the museum. The Gold Hawk.
0: The Gold Hawk, you say?
1: Yeah, I just said it.
0: Do you have those files?
1: They're probably on his desk. Here.
0: She handed me the Gold Hawk file. Hmm.
1: That's what I said.
0: Interesting. I should investigate further.
1: We should investigate further.
0: Edith sat and propped her feet up on my desk. Okay, let's find out what Mr. Locke was involved in. I took a long drag at the cigarette. Joey. <laughs> One moment. Smoking, you dumbass. But <laughs> I want to be cool, like <coughs> Mr. Locke and Joe Camel <coughs> and early James Bond. <coughs> I fell to my knees trying to clear my lungs. <coughs> Edith bent down and grabbed my face. She tilted it so our eyes met. Joey,
1: Joey have a knuckle.
0: <laughs> yes, sweetums.
1: You'll never be cool, you fucking lame ass. Now put that cigarette out and let's go solve some shit.
0: (coughs) Good (coughs) idea.
2: You ready for the speed round?
3: (sighs) Sure, let's go. It had been five days of constant training. Canadian studies during the day and poker playing at night. It was exhausting. Jacob was now quizzing me. Again. Here
2: we go. Who is this a picture of?
3: Matt Sundin.
2: And he played for?
3: Maple Leafs. And? Canucks. Good. Good. Now who is this? Easy. Eugene Levy. This? Céline Dion.
2: And this? It's a bit tricky.
3: Is that Justin Trudeau in blackface?
2: Actually, it's brownface.
3: Ah, now I see the turban.
2: Okay, that's the visual part of the quiz. Let's go to questions. These are in Price is Right rules.
3: Are they numbers questions? No. And how is it Price is Right rules?
2: Fine, we'll do Jeopardy rules.
3: So I have to answer in the form of a question?
2: No, I'll be asking the questions.
3: And how is it Jeopardy rules?
2: Fine, we'll do who wants to be a millionaire rules.
3: So multiple choice.
2: Sure, whatever. Okay. First question, how many provinces are there in Canada? A, 10, B, 16, C, there aren't provinces, only territories, or D, what is a province?
3: So D is just another question.
2: Well, you wouldn't let me do prices Right or Jeopardy! rules.
3: Cause you don't know the rules.
2: Well now I have to come up with this multiple choice stuff on the spot. Pick one. I'll pick A. Yeah, you will, eh? A? A? Yes, A. Oh, A. Final answer? Yes. Correct.
3: Good job, Jim. That was easy.
2: Question two. Is Mike Myers funny? A. Yes. B. He used to be pre-love guru days. C. Michael Myers is a serial killer best portrayed in the hit Halloween films. Or D. Dana Carvey is better.
3: Um, B? Yeah, that's correct. Whew!
1: Good job, Jim.
2: Question three. What is the main form of transportation in Canada? A. Hiking. B. Riding large elk. C. Vehicles. Or D. Riding a log flume.
3: I'm pretty sure it's just vehicles.
2: Pretty sure? Want to phone a friend? No. Ask the audience.
3: Wh- who's the audience? <clears throat> I look to my left to see Lauren and Dick wave at me and smile. No, no, I'm confident. It's, it's vehicles. It's got to be C. Final answer.
2: Ding, ding, ding. Nice. Only 20 questions to go.
3: What? No, you'll get two more.
2: Fine, but we'll make them tough. Question four. What's the plural for moose? Is it A, moose, B, meese, C, mooses, or D, kerfuffle?
3: I think it's A. A? A. But I'll ask the audience. Guys?
2: It's A. Definitely A. A, A?
3: A. Final answer.
2: Correct. Last question. What do Canadians think of Americans? A, they're fat. Sorry. B, they're a wee impolite. Sorry. C. Screw their guns. Uh, Sorry. D. All of the above. Sorry.
3: Little offended, but I'll go with D. Final answer.
2: You, sir, are a winner! Congratulations, Mr. Locke. Here is your poppy.
3: Jacob jumped up and pricked me with a pin.
2: Ow! Sorry. Uh, Not sorry. Do you think he's ready, Jacob? Ready as he'll ever be.
3: Even if I use an accent, they'll still see my face.
2: That's why I brought you a disguise. Gloves, trapper hat, and a fake mustache. I
3: have to wear that the whole time? Yes. And what about my name, Roger Thornhill? I thought the other players had to use Cary Grant names as aliases.
2: Right, but your actual name will be Roger Thornhill. The mugs will love it. It'll be like you're destined to play in the game.
3: But I'll still have to prove myself?
2: You betcha. How is the poker plan coming along? Are you good?
3: I think so.
1: He's practiced every night.
3: Lauren downloaded an application on her phone.
1: And while he had trouble operating the phone, I took care of it while he told me when to fold and when to raise.
3: I won every online tournament.
1: He even won a little pug avatar. He was so cute.
3: Apparently you could change the hats he wears.
1: We put a beanie on his head. It's
2: so cute. I say we chance it. The mugs are looking for someone as we speak. Now that Jerry Flynn is out... They haven't found anyone? Not to my knowledge. Okay, Locke. Now is your time to shine.
3: Locke, don't you mean Mr. Thornhill? I smirked, Dick smirked, we smirked. Time to infiltrate this evil Canadian organization. The snow had really picked up. We almost there.
2: Why didn't you wear a heavier coat?
3: I, I didn't have one. Wait a second, what are you wearing? A coat? That zipper.
2: All Donald. Thank you for noticing.
3: Did Donald give you that? Dick did. And where did he get it?
2: I assume from Donald.
3: (sighs) Of course. I was still cautious around these CIA types. Lauren had lied to me. Apparently Donald had lied too. And I was still pretty sure that Dick had set me up. Now here I was with someone completely new. What if this faux Canadian prick set me up too? He could be leading me to my death as we speak.
2: You don't trust me, do you?
3: Honestly, I don't know who to trust.
2: You can trust me. I've never lied in my life.
3: (sighs) Never? You're pretending to be a Canadian criminal when in actuality you work for the CIA.
2: Okay, okay. Shut up, you big idiot. I lie all the time. You're gonna get us killed. It's just around the corner.
3: Jacob led me into a dark alley. I was on high alert, but that's because I smelled marijuana in the area. Here. We went down a small back alley stairwell and stopped at a rusted metal door. <laughs>
2: okay. What?
3: Tony Orlando. What about him? Nothing.
2: Hey, get in the character. Sorry. Good. You got the poutine?
3: Yeah. I held up the takeout
0: bag.
2: Good. It's showtime.
0: What's the password, eh?
2: Quebec. Stays.
0: Alright. Come on in.
3: I followed Jacob down a dimly lit hallway, past a busy kitchen,
0: and then through what looked to be a speakeasy. Over here. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, little Nelly. Where do you think you're going?
2: He's expecting us. You Jacob? That's right.
0: Follow me.
3: We followed the tall, mustache man down another hallway, a red plush door at the end. He knocked and then opened it. Jacob's here. Bring him in, eh? We walked into the long rectangular room. Good evening. In the center of the room was a long red oak table. At the far end sat a tall man in a plump red coat. He wore long tan gloves and a straw hat.
2: This is him, eh? Yes, Mr. Lynx. He's brought you something.
3: I quickly nodded and showed them the paper bag.
2: Is that potain? It is. Pass it over.
3: I put the bag down and tried to slide it across the table, but it barely went a foot. Oh, um...
4: Just push it. No, don't pick it up. Just push. There you go.
3: When I finally reached the far end of the table, the man known as Mr. Lynx grabbed the bag and pulled out the white styrofoam box. Where's this from? Uh, We bought it at the Parkers, boot five clicks north. We caused quite the kerfuffle since they were boot clothes. Wouldn't let us buy any pops or chocolate for the homo milk, but we thought we'd best leave it with the Parkade, being as busy as it was. Then on our way over, one of my runners slipped and I darn well almost dropped the poutine. I did my best when Jacob here said all we had to do was hang a Larry. We were running late, otherwise I would have used some loonies and toonies to purchase some pop and a double-double since you'd be wanting something to wash us down with. Eh?
4: That may be the most Canadian thing anyone's ever said to me. What's your name?
3: <coughs> Roger Thornhill.
4: Is that right? I like that. Jacob
2: I like that. How long have you worked for me, Mr. Thornhill? Longin'. Mr. Lynx, he helped with the shipments up in the seaports. He may seem like just another hand, but he's quite good at slinging cards.
4: Well, we need someone to replace Flynn. Ain't that right? That's why I brought him. Let's have him play, then. Sorry? We're gonna have you play. Sit, please.
3: I took a seat in one of the plushy velvet chairs to his left.
4: Samuel, bring in Grayson.
0: Yes, sir.
3: As Mr. Lynx ate his gravy and cheese-covered fries, I began to sweat. I wiped my hands. I couldn't appear nervous. Jacob walked over and stood behind me. And a moment later, another tall, pale mustache man walked in and sat opposite me.
2: Oh. Mm. Jacob, why don't you deal? Of course.
3: Mr. Lynx pulled out a suitcase and opened it. Inside multicolored poker chips and two decks of cards.
4: The game is no limit hold'em. Heads up. Ten minute blinds. You'll start with 4K. Whoever loses, dies.
3: My heart beat rapidly and my muscles tightened. Oh. And I was sure I heard Jacob audibly gulp.
4: Good luck, gentlemen. Sorry, not sorry.
5: Where the fuck was I? After leaving the airport, I called for an Uber. I yelled, Uber, Uber, but no damn car showed up. I mean, not an Uber at least. I did climb into a lot of other cars, though, and people yelled at me, so I had to run away. I picked a direction and walked until I saw some farmhouses, and then some lady watering her lawn told me the Amish people lived about 20 miles north, so I waited till nighttime so I could follow the North Star, but now it was morning and the star was gone. and I was lost in some damn snowy cornfield. Hello? Anybody here? Anybody, anybody anywhere? Help! <laughs> yeah, Go away, cornfield monster! But when I turned around, I saw some bearded dude on a horse. Excuse me,
4: who are you, my friend?
5: No, I'm not your friend. Maybe later, but we just met. I was being polite. <laughs> Fine, I don't want to be friends with you anyway. Who might you be? I might be Paul. No, wait, I'm sure of it. My name is Paul Wendt. Paul Went? Yeah, that's right.
4: Hmm, that name sounds familiar.
5: Well, it should. I just told it to you.
4: What brings you out here to B County? B County? Hey, that's where I'm supposed to go. Wait one second, Paul Went. You don't happen to be Bethany's boyfriend from the city, do you? I do. Who are you? My name is Daniel. I'm her cousin. She's here. She's visiting her ma and pa now. Is that short for Mom and Pap Smear? Close. It means mother and father out here.
5: Huh. Damn, I was close.
4: Here, hop up. I'll take you to Bethany. I'm sure she'd be happy to see you.
5: Oh, is she making pie? Because all I've eaten for the past 12 hours is a few bugs that flew into my mouth. And a few that didn't. And there's no corn cobs out here.
4: I'm sure she can whip you up something nice.
5: I climbed up onto the horse and we rode towards a small town over the hill. <coughs>
1: James.
3: When we made it back to the motel, it was nearly four in the morning. Dick was asleep, but Lauren wasn't. What
2: happened? I'll tell you what happened. John Locke here, better known as Roger Thornhill, will be competing in the high-stakes poker game as a representative of the Canadian mob known as the Mantis Mugs, thanks to his performance in front of the leader himself, Mr. Lynx.
3: I bet you 50 bucks you can't repeat what you just said verbatim.
2: I'm not even going to try. So we're in? Yeah. We're in.
3: I walked over to the bed and took off my jacket.
1: You're shivering. It's
3: cold out there. You should have taken- I don't want his fucking coat. I would never admit that Donald's stupid coat had saved my life. That shit I was taking to the grave. Stupid coat.
2: When are you going to mature?
3: Probably never, butt wipe. Lauren rolled her eyes.
2: Get some rest, everyone. We still have a lot of work to do. There's a lot riding on you, Locke.
3: I couldn't believe all this came about because I let Lauren rope me in. This was way over my pay grade. Can I ask a question? If I win, then that means the Mantis Mugs win.
2: Was that a question?
3: More of a questioning statement.
2: (sighs) The Mantis Mugs will think they win, but once we acquire the Gold Hawk, we vacate.
3: Won't that blow our cover?
2: Listen. I've been undercover with the Mantis Mugs for over three years. This is the end of the line for me.
3: You're gonna die? No.
2: Well, I mean, I hope not. I'm gonna go into hiding after this. We need to get those secrets before they get out. Because the CIA has informants in every criminal organization. We lose this, they'll be discovered, and then they'll be dead.
3: What about the money the Mantis Mugs are buying me in?
2: Mr. Link's put me in charge of that. I have an access code that I use when we buy-in. But I also have an encrypted USB drive that I'll hook into the system. The USB drive will... What's a USB drive? A universal
3: serial bus. Like a food drive with kicks?
2: Uh, no Jim. It's a computer thing.
3: Oh, uh, then I don't care about that nonsense.
2: The USB will give Dick access to the computer system. Since every organization will be inputting a code that will directly lead their funds to their preferred storage, We'll be able to track the data.
4: Giving us access to each individual organization's offshore account.
3: How do you know it's offshore?
4: Please. They're, they're always offshore.
2: Hopefully by that point we'll be out of harm's way with the Gold Hawk in hand.
4: The CIA will probably pull the operatives from every organization as well. Just in case.
3: Just in case?
4: No. Just. In. Case.
3: Sorry, I thought you were mentioning a character from a different podcast.
4: Once they pull the operatives out they'll commence a simultaneous raid.
1: This is a big operation, James, and it all rides on you now.
3: You know, what's in it for me? I'm supposed to find a freaking gold hawk for a museum curator. Is he in on it too? No, he has no idea. The guy's paying me, like two grand, and give me a vase.
1: What kind of vase?
3: Uh, uh, no, no kind.
1: No kind of vase?
3: Yeah, um, not a vase, a pot or something. Forget I said it. Lauren once again rolled her eyes, but I couldn't tell her I worked a deal to get a vase that reminded me of her. Just so I could smash it for fun.
4: What's your point, Locke?
3: Am I getting anything else out of this? I'm risking a lot here. Can you guys maybe put me on the payroll or something? I don't see that happening. So I stick my neck out for you guys and get nothing in return? All this because you couldn't catch these guys years ago? Lauren walked over and sat next to me. She put her hand on mine.
1: Please, Jim.
3: Fine, fuck it! Of course that's all it took. That was Lauren's magic. Why was I surprised? Nothing for me, but I'll do it.
2: Well, not nothing. After this is over, you can keep the Gold Hawk. Send secrets. Then you can get yourself two grand and a nice vase or pot or whatever.
3: Cool. So we're all good here? Yeah! Going to sleep. I didn't even know why I tried. I went to the adjacent room and shut the door. I needed sleep and I'll tell you what I couldn't wait to get my hands on that vase to smash it to pieces
0: Atlas Avenue Beat written and edited by Robert M. Lamb starring Jack Austin as Locke Amy LeRae as Edith James Sweezy as Paul Brian Messick as Arthur Robert M. Lamb as Joey Corey Pettit as Lauren Aiden Diamond as Simon Kentendo as Byman Mike Lenhart as Curator John Harrow as Dick Brett Wilkins as Donald and Mallory Presley as Bethany Co-starring Mitchell Beck Evelyn Seth York Crystal Hall James Brown Cody Meadows Lewis Farrant Caitlin Spring Dennis Caldwell Amber Simpson Sean Sullivan Hope Ennis, Melanie Kissel, and Luke Hurt. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www7 for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7 podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7 Podcasts.